Hi, and welcome to the Skift Airline Weekly Lounge. I'm your host, Madhuni Krishnan, the editor of Airline Weekly, and I'm joined today by Jay Shabbat, Airline Weekly co-founder and senior analyst. Jay, we got some eye-popping news yesterday from the Trump administration. Um, all U.S. The, the Trump administration is, is going to ban flights from the U.S. to the European Union Schengen area starting tomorrow. This is this is kind of remarkable news, and it's due to the um, the Trump administration is trying to arrest the sp- spread of the COVID nineteen virus. Um, tell me what this means for U.S. airlines. I mean, obviously, this is huge news. But what? Tell? Can you break it down for us? Yeah, hi, Madhu. Um, well, this latest uh, news about Europe is uh, just kind of adds another layer of distress to an already distressing situation for for U.S. airlines. Um, they, uh, we're already, we're starting to see, you know, just news come in from overseas. I just saw something, uh, from Norwegian airlines. Uh, they're, they're cutting jobs, grounding planes, et cetera. Um, the U.S. airlines, you know, they went into this crisis initially thinking, uh, you know, it might not be that bad, uh, because they were well prepared for it financially. But, uh, with each passing week, with each passing day, in fact, with each passing hour, uh, it seems like uh, the situation is getting graver and graver. But let, let's think about this. I mean, what what is different? I mean, for for U.S. airlines now. I mean, there's the Schengen, the the U.S. Schengen market is huge. I mean, IATA says it's worth you know many billions of dollars. They IATA previously said the world's airlines could face you know 113 billion dollars in losses this year, or shaving off their revenue of 113 billion dollars. And now today, IATA said that this will undoubtedly add to that. Um, what you know, Gary Kelly recently said that uh, the CEO of Southwest Airlines that this is similar or the demand shock could be similar to what happened after the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks in the U.S. But this is this is different. I mean, it feels the airline industry is in a different place than it used to be. Right, Jay? Yeah, it, it is different in many ways. I mean, one, as I mentioned before, um, the, in, in some ways, it's, it's actually better. And, and for the U.S. airlines, from a, from a strictly financial point of view, in the sense that they go into the crisis um, with much stronger balance sheets, you know, much uh, more valuable assets, um, a record of, you know, solid profitability for, you know, more than 10 years now. Um, so they're just, they go in just much healthier. Um, you noticed after 9-11, um, immediate, almost immediately, you, uh, you know, within days, you saw airlines uh, laying off people involuntarily, uh, involuntarily. You saw furloughs and um, it was just, it was, absolute emergency situation you're not seeing that quite yet from from the u.s airlines it's more like yes we're taking drastic steps we're grounding planes we're asking workers to stay home without pay um but nobody's you know laying off anyone involuntarily yet um it hasn't quite reached there and again that's because they just have a greater cushion going in um so so it does in that sense it does feel different um you know the other sense it's it is you know terrorism is different than the health epidemic. I mean, there's going to be at some point uh, an end to this. I mean, there's, there's, we don't know when, but uh, the virus will subside. Um, they won't s- spread forever. And it's, you know, there will be, uh, you know, people eventually get immunity and, and whatnot, whatever the, uh, the health experts say. Um, it's, it's just not going to be here forever. Um, we saw the last sort of big, uh, we've had a couple of health epidemics that weren't 
even remotely as bad as this one, but uh, there have been a few in the past. The most, uh, you know, famous being SARS in 2003. Um, we also in 2009, I think it was the H1N1 virus. Um, there was, there were a few others. Um, but of course those were, you know, nothing nearly to the same degree that we're seeing now, particularly for U.S. airlines. Absolutely. You know, I, I remember, I mean, both of us were in the industry at the time at September 11th and that really to me, I felt markedly different and I'm not minimizing the COVID-19 shock. I mean, it is a pandemic and it is very serious, but the morning of September 11th, um, felt like an act of war. And shortly, you know, within hours, Jane Garvey, the FAA administrator at the time had closed the NAS, the, the national airspace, uh, which had never happened before. Planes were being grounded all over the, all over the country and, you know, all over the world, not being able to come back to the States. Um, that was, and, and, you know, uh, as September 11th changed the aviation industry in very, very remarkable ways. I mean, from things like armored cockpit doors to the entire physical architecture of airports changed. I mean, Jay, certainly you remember when you used to be able to walk up to the gate to to greet your whoever, if someone was visiting you, you could just walk on up to the gate and greet them. I mean, that's, that's, that changed quickly. And although the COVID-19 pandemic is very serious, it doesn't strike me as changing the airline industry in the same material way. Um, unless I, I'm wrong, Jay, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, it remains to be seen there, there, there might be, uh, you know, there, there's, there's going to be some, some big fallout for sure in terms of, uh, you know, some airlines not surviving and, and, uh, you know, what's, what's going to happen to the aircraft market, what's going to happen with, uh, you know, will the, will the whole concept of, uh, you know, visas, will they be, Will that completely change? You know, will they become more restrictive? Um, you know, already before going into this crisis, there was, we had a situation of declining, you know, global trade with tariffs and things like that. Do, you know, countries become even more reluctant to interact because they don't want to, you know, the tra travel to other countries? We'll have to, we'll have to all see how that pans out. Um, one thing I would add, um, going back to, you know, your question about 9-11 versus, you know, how it feels today. This does feel like, I mean, certainly in my career, this is, this is, feels like the most universally, uh, distressing situation for, for the airline industry as a whole. I remember 9-11, I, I happened to have been working at Air France and Air France actually was an airline that got through the kind of post 9-11 period relatively unscathed. And a big reason for that is because its network was so well diversified. And this was even before, you know, the KLM merger, which didn't really happen until 2004, I think it was. But we had, you know, a huge uh, network in Africa, which was, you know, still doing relatively well. A lot of those markets were, uh, you know, energy. Uh, they were you know, energy centric markets, a lot of, uh, you know, oil workers would fly there and things like that. And as oil prices rose in a couple of years after 9-11, those markets actually did relatively well. Um, and, and, you know, there were, there were markets in the Middle East and Asia. Um, there were airlines, you know, in far, that didn't have much U.S. exposure that wound up doing okay after 9-11. Um, right now in this current COVID-19 crisis, you cannot find like any airline in the world that is not experiencing severe distress right now that I can think of. I mean, it's just, it's, it's near universal. 
That is certainly different. And um, let's bring this back to the U.S. airlines and the the news about uh, the Schengen market. Um, IATA says that market is worth $21 billion a year, the um, U.S. EU, particularly the U.S. European Union Schengen area market, um, travel to countries like Germany and France and Italy from the U.S. I mean, how well positioned are the carriers here, the, the three largest internet um, network carriers in the U.S., Delta, United, and American? How well positioned are they to to not operate those flights? I mean, everybody's terribly positioned. It's uh, just a, a extremely uh, it's 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 an an impossible situation for for airlines on both sides of the Atlantic. Uh, so not just the big carriers in in the U.S. that fly to Europe, but the the big European carriers that fly to the U.S. Many of them, which you know, have joint ventures with the, with their U.S. partners. Um, you know, those that's these are essential parts of uh, of these carriers' business. And, you know, at this point, it almost doesn't even matter. I mean, if you look at a carrier like Southwest, Southwest, which has zero exposure to Europe, well, they're saying, what, 200 to $300 million in revenue loss just this quarter. So it really doesn't matter. Um, it's just bad all around. Obviously, you know, completely closing off Europe. Again, as I mentioned earlier, kind of adds just another layer of difficulties. Um, but right now, it's pretty much everywhere. Um, and of course, you know, Asia, nobody's flying to China right now, or a few airlines, certainly not the U.S. airlines to fly to China. Um, Asia in general is, you know, might as well be closed to U.S. carriers because nobody's making any money there. I mean, the only silver lining really is that, uh, of course, when you're not flying somewhere, you do save money by, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to pay for fuel. You don't have to pay for certain other cost items, however you often do have to pay for um, your, you know, your wages and you have to pay at least, you know, partially. And then you also have to, uh, if you're leasing planes, you know, you have to, if you borrow money against your planes, you have to pay your lease payments or your mortgage payments. So a lot of those costs continue to run even when your revenues drop to zero or near zero. Um, so it's a huge problem. Um, you know, there is, there are some of that cost savings there. So fuel prices, you know, something we didn't talk about are now, you know, at their lowest level, probably in 20 years or something like that. I mean, it's, it's, we've never, we, that I can remember, we've never seen a crash like this in fuel prices. Absolutely. Um, but it's, yeah, right. Exactly. It's, it's not, uh, it's not really doing much good because if you're, uh, you know, if you're flying is cut dramatically, then you're, you know, you don't really need the fuel anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, I, it, there's, there's low, low fuel doesn't really benefit you if your aircraft are empty, right? Exactly right. So, um, you know, over time, if, if demand does come back and oil prices uh, do stay low, maybe they won't stay as low as they are now. But uh, if, um, you know, you have a situation where you have some of the revenue restored and um, still cheap oil that's you know does create a nice tailwind for recovery and uh you know just wanted to point out that uh earlier this week um several of the big airlines uh and their executive teams presented at a jp morgan investor conference and uh they most of them seem to think that this is a shock that's going to be you know very deep but short and Within, I think United had said 18 months is their rough estimate on when demand will start returning. Um, I believe that was roughly 
might have been a little sooner after SARS. I think 13, 14 months was the estimate United gave or the, or the assessment United gave of the SARS crisis. Um, but it's, you know, we don't know, but uh, hopefully um, and frankly, probably um, the, you know, the crisis will will have a finite end and, it, you know, demand will will be back, you know, if not. This summer, perhaps this fall, or, you know, maybe, maybe we're looking at 2021. Wow. All right. Well, Jay, I want to thank you for joining us this week. Thanks, Madhu. Yep. And that is the Skift Airline Weekly Lounge for this week, coming to you live. As usual, if you have any feedback, please don't hesitate to drop me a line at mu at skift.com. Thank you. As usual, if you have any feedback, please don't hesitate to drop me a line at mu at skift.com.